Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Especially in Australia, is that that social outcome is about employment. Yeah. It's about employment and it's about employment and it's about employment. Mm. Where we where what we actually know is that there is far greater social outcomes to be derived. There's, you know, you know the climate, environment, land, water, sea, management, culture. You know, there's a whole range of social uh, parameters there that we can actually, you know, attach to uh, social enterprises. And I think, you know, that, that's the, you know, if, if there is learning, uh, and there's is opportunity is look at the Aboriginal space. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 236 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Adrian Apo. Adrian is a Guring Guring man from Southeast Queensland in Australia and joined a philanthropic trust in July 2020 as the First Nations lead to develop and implement a First Nation investment strategy and a 10-year spend-down strategy. Adrian is often referred to as a social entrepreneur with extensive experience in both the First Nations space and establishing greenfield startups. This has included founding chief executive officer of Gandina, a highly successful indigenous school to work transition program empowering indigenous communities to achieve true social and economic equality. The founding co-chair of First Australians Capital, which was established to provide development and capital to indigenous social enterprises. The founding board member of Children's Ground and founding board member of the Australian Centre for Rural Entrepreneurship. His current directorships include the Salvation Army Australian Territory Board, an Audit and Risk Subcommittee, Impact Investing Australia Advisory Board, Equity Trustees Indigenous Advisory Committee, and the BP Australia Indigenous Advisory Committee. Adrian served in the Royal Australian Air Force and is a graduate of the University of Sydney, Melbourne Business School, Harvard University and the Fairley Leadership and Williamson Leadership Programs and has been awarded the Defence Service Medal, Centenary Medal and Order of Australia Medal. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Adrian's deep experience and insights into his work in the social enterprise space and working with First Australians to address social injustice. So Adrian, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Tom. Uh, and absolutely pleasure, especially after that introduction that you've just given me. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. So, Adrian, look, you were served in OAM back in 2011 for services to Indigenous youth. And in 2014, you were one of the inaugural AMP Tomorrow Makers Award recipients, amongst all those other awards that I've just listed before. So could you please share a little bit about your background and what led to your passion in social enterprise and providing strong support for First Nations people? Uh, yeah, cool. I mean, you know, uh, you mentioned in the introduction, I'm a Garangarang man from southeast Queensland. Um, I 
kind of grew up in fairly uh, humble circumstances, country boy. And as I had kind of progressed in my career, uh, and I think by this time I was um, with, I was serving with the Royal Australian Air Force, yeah. is I was actually looking at my life and looking at how my career was progressing, uh, which was going really well. Yeah. And um, I you know, just had one of those moments where I was kind of, you know, sitting down, reflecting. Um, actually, I was in the lounge room talking to my wife, who's non-Indigenous, and I actually said, you know, I said, you know, I think I owe more to the Aboriginal uh, community than me just being successful. Mm. And to my amazement, she actually said, yeah, I think you do. Mm. And so then I started to think about, well, how could I actually influence others and help them, you know, on their journeys? And, you know, hence, you know, I kind of, you know, moved away from focusing on my own career pathway and started to look at how could I actually empower others, especially Aboriginal youth at that stage, yeah. to actually um, pursue their own career pathways. It's been an incredible journey, Adrian, and some amazing achievements there. I mean, you were one of the co-founders of First Australians Capital, which I mentioned earlier, and you're also that founding CEO at Gambina. And both of those organisations have supported you know, hundreds of Indigenous Australians. And you now work for this anonymous trust that con continues to support you know, this sort of area of development. So can you please share a little bit more about this current line of work that you're involved with and the sort of projects that you're working on? Uh, yeah, no, certainly. Um, I, I have to say, Tom, that you know, um, the way I've actually directed things that I've been involved in is really looking at what can make you know, systemic change. Mm. Being involved in you know uh, programs, organisations, and influences that you know um, make change for impact mm. and make sustainable change, and it's one of the things that actually drew me to my current line of work um, to be working for a foundation. Um, and the foundation that uh, I'm actually working for um, is quite sizable. Um, it's strange that it's um, anonymous, which also appeals to me because it's the humbleness mm. of um, the foundation founder and the organisation itself. It's not about us. Yeah. It's about uh, the change that um, we can make. And for me, it was, you know, how can I step into this space and be, you know, and do an absolutely great job for the organisation? But also, how can I step into this space mm. and actually influence philanthropy generally about how they could actually work better in the First Nations space? It's a great mission to have there, and I'm sure you've taken a lot of learnings from that, Adrian. So, look, how are Indigenous businesses unique in the way that they operate, and what differentiates them from social enterprises and mainstream traditional businesses? I think, I mean, this, that's a, a, a beautiful question. I mean, because one of the things that we tend to do is actually separate business. Yeah. And normally when we're referring to businesses, we're talking about, you know, um, you know, private sector, you know, owned by you know, a company where, you know, um, investors are actually getting a return or, a, you know, a more 
you know, succinctly, a, you know, a small to medium business where the owner is actually getting a return, mm. as opposed to a social enterprise where it's about the community getting a return. Yeah. The interesting thing is that in the Aboriginal spaces, both that I've that I've found, and then also my work with uh, First Australians Capital from a sector perspective, is that there's very del- very little delineation between the outcomes derived by a private business in the Aboriginal sector or, a so, or the more traditional social sector mm. business. And in explaining that is what we found is whether it's social sector business or whether it's a private sector business, the majority of Aboriginal in each of those spaces mm. actually has a social agenda. Yep. They're either looking at creating more employment they're looking at looking at uh, you know preserving culture. They're looking at you know looking after environment and and the land, obviously. Yep. And so when you actually look at that, there was very there's very very delineation. And you know the you know we started tracking this, and what we found that it was you know the 90, 95 percent plus Aboriginal businesses, um, you know, actually had this agenda. Yeah, that's incredible. And, you know, I'm calling from Turrbal in Yagara land here in Brisbane today. And if we're to look at the 60,000 plus years that our Indigenous Australians have essentially sustained the land, talking about how they integrate that sustainable element of, you know, providing support for community within the business just makes complete sense and aligns with that. So, Adrian, where do you see ongoing opportunities then to support First Nations people to thrive in business and help close the horrendous gap that exists? Well, I think the first, in the first instance, Tom, is we we have to recognise is why have our uh, financial services and frameworks um, and uh, our economic structures excluded Aboriginal people Mm. from enterprise and business? And when we look at this, is what we actually see is there's two primary things that we look at. It is the, the, the involvement in business and therefore the early business development. Yep. And then access to capital, especially that early stage startup, you know, capital that's mm. there. And, and, and that's not different to most other when we look at social enterprise space. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's you know, there'll be a lot of social enterprise business actually saying, "Hey, we have exactly that same difficulty." Mm. It's magnified in the Aboriginal space. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, what are your observations then of that broader social business sector across Australia, and what needs to be done to grow this movement in general? I think the the broader social sector uh, movement in growing. Uh, needs to take some of the lead from uh, the Aboriginal sector, mm. and yeah. it's it's about having a, a, a broader view of what is social outcome. Yeah, you know, and so you know, in, in many cases, you know, in the social sector, you know, to kind of get start established and and started, you know, um, social enterprises looking for funding, which is normally defining, you know, well, you know, what is your social outcome. Mm. More specifically, is where we've fallen into the trap, especially in Australia, is that that social outcome is about employment. Yeah, 
It's about employment and it's about employment and it's about employment. Mm. Where we, where what we actually know is that there is far greater social outcomes to be derived. There's, you know, you know the climate, environment, land, water, sea, management, culture. You know, there's a whole range of social uh, parameters there that we can actually, you know, attach to uh, social enterprises. And I think, you know, that, that's the, you know, if, if there is learning, uh, and there's is opportunity is look at the Aboriginal space. Mm, yeah, great point there, Adrian. So, what's one piece of advice then that you'd be giving to an early stage social entrepreneur or someone who quite simply has an idea right now and is keen to get out there and actually create some impact with it? Yeah, I think you know, um, there's there's no definitive answer. That's that's one thing. Yep. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no one definitive uh, piece of advice that's actually going to make you ex successful but if I was to apply my own learnings and you know um, and look you know and I'd have to hold up my hand and admit that um, you know I've been remarkably successful in the things that I've been involved in mm. if I was to look at why you know those successes have come and and the advice that I would give maybe even not only just to other people but even to a younger me yeah um, it would be if you believe something really, you know, really, really believe it, mm. then actually um, consolidate that in your thinking because at some stage you're going to have to explain what you're trying to achieve and bring others along mm. on the journey. Yep. Consolidate that in your heart, that belief in your heart because that is going to have to sustain you in the ups and downs of your journey, and there will be downs. Yep. And ultimately, if you really, really believe it, just get out there and do it and don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do. It's <laughs> a great piece of advice there, Adrian. And in many ways, I'm sure you've learned that on your own journey, right? Definitely. And you, look, you've had the benefit of working with, with many different social enterprises over the years and different projects. So I'm keen to hear what inspiring projects or initiatives you've come across recently, which are creating some really great positive social change. Uh, there, there's a couple. Obviously, First Australians Capital, yeah. um, you know, uh, which I was a part of founding, um, as, you know, and this is that thing about you've got to really believe in something. Um, and you know, now that it's now into its fourth year of actually seeing, you know, what it's doing with Indigenous businesses and Indigenous enterprises and how it's actually changing, you know, um, you know the future for Aboriginal people. And I've always been a very big advocate is it's not Aboriginal businesses, it's Aboriginal people in business. Mm. And this is very much the opportunity that uh, First Australians Capital is, is actually you know, um, moving forward. And so, you know, so the sorts of things that they're actually, you know, um, releasing yeah. uh, into the Aboriginal business space are things like um, you know, a young Aboriginal farmer that's actually producing A2 milk, A2 milk. You know, and, yeah. you know, it's kind of the, the premium milk that you can actually get out there. Mm. Uh, Aboriginal people who are actually um, launching tech platforms. Mm. So moving well away from, you know, what we're normally perceived as what is a traditional Aboriginal business, you know, and don't get me wrong, you know, ecotourism, 
you know, um, arts and all that sort of stuff is really great, but we shouldn't be confined into that. Yeah. And so, that's, so, you know, that's been hugely uh, exciting just to see what they're doing generally. Yeah. Um, there's the guys um, around Fire Sticks, the Fire Sticks Alliance, mm. which have introduced the cool burning practices, yeah. which, you know, uh, as you may or may not know, um, is that uh, is a cultural burning. So here's a 60,000-year practice, you know, um, that is now finding applications into, you know, um, you know, our environment, mm. both in terms of, of restoring a cultural practice, but also through the cool burnings is limiting the damage that hot burns, you know, uh, have occurred. And, you know, we know the evidence of that, which was only, you know, just that December, January period, you know, last year, yeah, and I think fires. we're now yeah. starting to ramp up for, you know, the concerns of what will happen, you know, towards the end of this year. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's uh, hugely relevant and it just shows just how how well that Indigenous knowledge can be applied, in this case, to really mitigate the risk of, you know, severe bushfires um, and so many cultural learnings there too. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, I'll just add in there, Tom, and, you know, as, and as I've kind of you know, um, step more in and look into the spaces, yeah. you know, there's also the applications of regenerative farming. Yes. And, you know, uh, as, as the more I dug into that, the more I uh, realised, you know, how much I didn't know. And one of the things that I've seen, you know, uh, the benefits of regenerative farming is that, um, you know, even if we were to go carbon zero right now, uh, we've still got carbon locked, you know, in the atmosphere. Yep. And it's only through the process of, you know, uh, drawing down that carbon into plants mm. that we can actually release the carbon that's actually already up there. And mm. regenerative farming is one of those processes that can actually do that. Yeah. And I just thought that, yeah, that was, you know, um, yeah, amazing. You know, um, and, you know, maybe this is the next frontier. Yeah, absolutely. I've got to say, I mean, related to that Indigenous space, I certainly got a lot from Bruce Pascoe's Dark Emu book, um, you know, which really, really unveiled that deep knowledge, Indigenous knowledge in agriculture um, and farming. So that was, uh, that was a big read for me. Have you come across that? Yeah, no, certainly. And uh, actually, I've been involved with, um, not Bruce, with... Uh, Dark Emu, but certainly with Black Duck Foods, mm. which is his enterprise, which is exploring can you actually um, reint or well introduce reintroduce um, native growing practices, you know, around grains, yes, um, you know, replacing the high water usage that would come from wheats and the likes, yeah. and replace them with native grasses, which this you know obviously is you know, more conducive to the, you know, Australian environment, mm. Australian, you know, rainfall. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, you know, these are the, 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 this is the new opportunity that's being released into the space where we're now recognising that there is, you know, so much value, yep. not just in terms of Aboriginal people for their, you know, arts and dance, which was kind of where it was normally confined. Yes. It's, hey, there's this whole lot of exploration and extensions of what Aboriginal people are, you know, have been doing for thousands of years mm. that have got applications right now. And the other side of it is is that it's, it's farming and burning practices that are actually beneficial and not damaging 
to the environment. Yeah, great points there, Adrian. So to finish off then, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? Actually, there's a couple of books that I've come across. Um, yeah, I, I'm a fairly avid reader. Um, so but there's a couple of books that I actually come across which I thought were, you know, um, that I think is very pertinent if you want to actually um, step into the space, you know, and kind of, you know, learn, you know, learn from others. And, you know, I'm 57 now and I stu- I'm still learning, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'll ever stop learning. Yeah. Um, so one I'd recommend um, is a book called The Power of Unreasonable People. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually it's written by uh, John Elkington and Pamela uh, Hardigan. Yeah. Um, and it talks about, you know, kind of how social entrepreneurs uh, can create markets and change the world. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, this is, that's an opportunity for, you know, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be cautious with power. And so I'd actually recommend there's another book that I've uh, read which I found fascinating, and it's called uh, Finishing First with Ethics, uh, mm. written by Fiona Ritchie. Um, and I think you need to have those the balances. It's okay to have the power and the drive to do uh, you know, do things and, and make change. Yeah. But is you know we need to balance ourselves that you know um, you know uh, are we operating ethically? It's not just you know. A, um, the fact of you know saying, uh, you know, as long as I win the game, it's yeah. about how you win the game. Yeah, yeah. It's a great point to finish on, Adrian, and a couple of great books there. So we'll stick links through to those in the article too. So Adrian, keep up the wonderful work. Thanks so much for your really generous insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk, and you know we'll really look forward to tracking your ongoing journey. Thank you very much, Tom. And yeah, you know, look, I hope. Um, you know, that uh, someone out there listening will actually find some gems of benefit uh, in that. I'm absolutely certain they will. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.